Whisper Podcast. Oh, sorry. Whisper Podcast may contain content that may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That's better. first irks and perks and first episode ever our show is not meant to be political yet zach and i felt due to the current climate and the upcoming election it is important to have this conversation with that being said welcome to whisper podcast i'm one of your hosts zach tyler my pronouns are they them and i'm dylan gomez my pronouns are also they them this is a podcast where the fine arts true crime and mental health are a thruple and we bring you episode one and today we're going to be doing our irks and perks segment This segment is where we cover the shitty news in the world, our irks, if you will. And to bring the sunshine out of the dark clouds, we'll be telling you the surprisingly good news that the world has to offer. But for this particular segment, we're going to tell you how you can better the world. So let's jump on into it, Dylan. Um, But before we get going, how are you doing today? Doing very well. There's there's been so much media feeding my soul right now. So much media feeding our soul. Yeah, like the VMAs. The VMAs! (laughs) Dylan and I have been holding off on this conversation so we could talk about it in front of you guys. I know this is your first introduction to us, but listen, Ariana and Gaga. Ariana and Gaga. And Gaga. Hello. They came. They served us face. They wore a mask the whole performance. Ariana Grande adjusted her mask during her performance. That's true. Can yeah, she we... did do that. And they just, they just served. She and went, she went like this. Like... She did it like a Disney <laughs> princess would. <laughs> Literally so gracefully. And... Oh my gosh, they're just precious. I and perfect vocals. Perfect vocals. Oh god. So fun. So fresh. So fun. So, so cute. Fresh, so cute. Hello. <laughs> they really came and they delivered. And one thing with Gaga's performances is that I always look forward to them because like she just never fails. She never fails to deliver. Not once have I seen her where I'm like, oh, that performance was so I think it's it's like her just ability to really let loose in front of like the performance and just kind of like let it take her I think is like what looks so good on her and also oh my god I love that part of the music video where she's like flailing her arms around yes! you know? and I love that she brought that to the performance I was like yes, yes Gaga thank you yes along with her I really enjoyed Miley Cyrus's performance as well too I mean I thought that there was a little bit of overexposure in like the colors, but just like the song overall, and then like the fact that she got on the disco ball, like at the that very was a end. fun kind of like here I am, like yes. this is something I want to do because it's fun, and you know what? And it's like kind of an homage to to another wrecking great... ball, Hello. yeah, pardon. So yeah, so it's a it was a really good performance. I also really like that song. I think it's a really good song for her, especially. I was like when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's a perfect song for her, like. The vocals match perfectly to that song. Perfectly. Um, the look for that music video. I don't know if you oh, saw it. Oh my! Are you kidding? You me? The mullet. The, the mullet. The mullet looks great on her, and then the whole the makeup look. Everything just worked. It looked. I would wear any of the outfits in that video. Oh yeah, for sure. For and sure. Those looks are were pre- like oh my gosh, beautiful. And then my okay. Oh my god! I have okay, to tell me. You have to tell me. I knew. I knew. It was okay, I love bts oh. i was so happy that they had a performance and it was their all english single dynamite <gasps> oh my god and it was their first all english single so i was really excited to see them perform that one and they all looked so good and i was like 
they're just playing like hacky sack with my heart. Like I was like, <laughs> which one? I, I who just, do like, I want? Like I have I have my bias. I'm not I'm not gonna say who, but I have my bias. <laughs> it's there. It's, it exists. It exists. But I love all of them. All seven of them. Oh. They're beautiful. Yeah. So I just I, that was just that fed my soul. I actually really enjoyed it at the VMAs this year. That was really good. And oh I don't God. usually watch like award shows, but oh yeah, no, it's like a rarity for me to ever watch award shows. So it's like, of course, Gaga's performing. I have to show up. But then it's like, <laughs> oh God, I just felt it felt very nostalgic. But then like also I was kind of thinking about like how we're gonna look back on this and just like see all the performers like with their masks and it's kind of like. You've you seen Black Mirror, right? Yeah. It's giving me the most, like, Black Mirror vibes ever. But I'm like, calm yourself. <laughs> yeah, no. And it was it's crazy because my mom mentioned it, like, at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, we were somewhere, like, just kind of, like, getting groceries, I think. And she just, like, says, like, isn't this crazy? Like, this is some, like, yeah, some, like, Black Mirror shit. And I was like, mom, like, you you kind of did that right now. And that was, like, my first realization. Yeah, the, that, that shit. When are we going to get more sh- more episodes of Black Mirror? That, uh, that right? Good. Black Mirror. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, hello. That oh episode my was God. so good. Ashley O, hello. Ashley I have o. all those songs downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Those, those so... Oh my gosh. She she killed that. She killed it. All right. So I feel like we should go more into a series. Let's... Okay. So let's jump on <laughs> in. Uh, so one of my irks today that we're going to be talking about is something that's been brought to my attention, especially more recently... Um, because it has to do with, um, sex trafficking. And obviously we've heard about it here in the United States when it comes to like Jeffrey Epstein and like diving into more research, I came to the realization that sex trafficking is actually a really big issue all around the world. So, you know, I felt like while I wanted to do research on sex trafficking here in the United States and in Canada, I wanted to go a little bit broader with that and kind of just speak about what we can do to help and what sex trafficking looks like. Um, so I'm going to actually stop saying sex trafficking because it also came to my attention that there is more trafficking than just sex trafficking. So I'm going to refer to it as human trafficking. So um, this article comes from our rescue.org and this basically kind of tells you like signs of human trafficking and what it looks like. So we're going to start with trafficking in the world and it's not always sex. Just within the United States alone, the Polaris Project has identified that there are over 25 types of human trafficking in various industries such as carnivals, factories and manufacturing, commercial cleaning services, landscaping, and health and beauty services. Those who are trafficked are exploited through pornography, peddling, begging, illicit massage, forced labor, remote interactive sexual acts, and more. The biggest form of human trafficking globally is sex trafficking. The next highest is forced labor. How they are exploited varies across the world, which may also include trafficking for organ removal, forced marriage, exploitative begging, criminal activity, and more. To summarize sex trafficking, it is a crime that exploits a person for labor, services, or commercial sex. So when they had mentioned the portion about forced labor, Obviously, I had to bring up Driscoli's. Is that the name of the berry the berry um, company? Oh no, I don't I don't know what. Okay, so I think it's Driscoli's. So their products are like highly sold in like Sprouts and like Trader Joe's and like many various places. Like they're like the berry person that you get like your raspberries, your blueberries, like really? whatever. Okay. Yes. So according to Free Speech Radio, the vast majority of farm workers in fields of San Quentin are indigenous migrant laborers from Mexico's poorest states. Their demands includes raising the daily minimum wage to the equivalent about, of about $20, reducing the average workday from 12 to 8 hours, payment 
payment of overtime work performed on Sundays, the right to organize independent to the right to organize independent of the official unions and an, to end rampant sexual abuse of women in the fields. So, like they don't make a lot of money. And not only that, but as it says, there's also sexual abuse in the fields too. And not only are these indigenous people, but there's also children involved too. So there's child labor too, which is fucking beyond me because it's just like, there are so many reasons why this is wrong. It's crazy because I almost like, I'm not not surprised to hear about that. Like I know a like farm labor and, and all that. And especially with like, indigenous mexican people people like and indigenous people in general like they they're easy they just take advantage of them right exactly and yeah i oh god not only sexual abuse but also child labor and just very well underpaid wages like it's beyond awful to think about like these are the people who kind of they provide our food that is like our most basic necessity as a society to be fed right and the fact that we don't respect our farm workers is, like, very disheartening. And not only that, but right now during this time, they're not considered essential workers. Like, they're barely, they're not considered anything. And they're still receiving these very, very low wages. And they're out there working in the hot sun, working their asses off. That's insane. I could not imagine. Like, you know, the berries themselves probably make way more than that at the grocery store by the end of the day. Like, it's just, it's fucking awful to think about. So, you know... Just really think about who you're buying your products from and who where they're coming from. And sometimes, like getting your your like food from a responsible source might be like what like fifty cents more, but you know where you're giving your money, right? Exactly. Like, your money is power. What you decide to like endorse with your money. Exactly. Um, that's what you're you're putting your power into it. You know. Exactly. So you got it. Like, I know it takes a little bit more time, but just, like, do a little research on where you get your stuff. Yeah, and, you know, it's, like, people may want to be, like, oh, but I'm so over, like, cancel culture. I feel like this is where cancel culture can really come into play because it's, if we stop funding these types of businesses, they can't continue to function how they would, how they are right now. Like, that's the thing. So it's, like, what you said, this is where we're putting our money, and granted, if it's 50 cents more, it's going to be worth what it is for the other person on the other side of that, so... Yeah. So the next area is victims of human trafficking are not always transported or removed from home. In domestic sex trafficking cases, we have seen instances of families selling their own children for sex within their own homes. In one case, a mother allowed men to come into her house and rape her daughters in exchange for luxurious gifts. In another U.S. case, a 14-year-old girl was trafficked by a man that she believed to be her boyfriend, under the impression that he loved her. She was excited when he suggested that they plan a vacation together. When they arrived at a nearby state, the quote-unquote boyfriend immediately turned on her. He demanded that she sell herself on the streets in order to pay for her portion of the vacation. Rebecca Bender, a human trafficking survivor and advocate, was a young single mom when she was first trafficked by her boyfriend. She is quoted as saying, The reality is that my daughter may have gone to school with yours. I may have stood next to you in the grocery store line, and nobody ever noticed. Nobody ever noticed because we all envisioned that one way. I went through the thought of I got on the plane willingly. I got out of the car willingly. I didn't fully understand the complexities of force, fraud, and coercion played out in my everyday life." Rebecca by Rebecca Bender. Many trafficking victims are initially targeted online. After beginning conversations, predators will eventually bring up sexual topics because their main goal is to often receive pictures and videos or lure a child out of their home for sex. A study by Thorne revealed that, quote, technology is playing an increasing role in grooming and controlling victims of domestic minor sex trafficking, DMST. 
end quote. 55% of victims entering the life in 2015 met a trafficker and built a relationship by text, website, or apps. I, I could, that's easy. I mean, that's easy on them, right? They have this, like, these vulnerable kind of children online, and essentially, like, catching somebody online doing stuff they're not supposed to is a lot harder than catching them in person. Oh, like, yeah. Like, if they were just to go up to a child and talk to them, that's weird. Oh, yeah, that's weird right? as fuck. Don't come near my child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, y- your parents a lot of times can't really see what their children are doing online. Exactly. So, I mean, the I could see how online, the internet and everything, the phones, apps, websites, all that is, like, perfect. Oh, yeah, it's a perfect place. And especially, like, if a child isn't receiving enough attention in their home, or they are, it just makes it more desirable for the child to want to engage in those types of conversations. And I feel like, think think about where you were as a child, and having, you know thinking that somebody is like your friend or or thinking that somebody is is there for you right all the time like when let's say people in your you know immediate circle aren't right and they're essentially they are vulnerable to these predators to come in and just tell them what they want to hear um and then i feel like the consequences don't feel as real because it's online for the child to be doing these things maybe they wouldn't do these things if it was in person yeah exactly but if it's just them by themselves like let's say in the room sending pictures i mean yeah like it's just it's just they they don't feel like they'll get caught right exactly because it's so easy to like lock your door and like it's so easy to like delete shit off your phone so yeah and but i mean once it's out there it's out there yeah exactly you know so i just feel like obviously don't be invasive of your child's privacy but i definitely think you know have conversations about them they're definitely there has to be yeah there has to be a balance like you got to know what's going on exactly yeah you got to know what's going on and i think there definitely is a way to be there very present communicating but also not you know completely overtake your child's life right exactly yeah exactly Um, So we're going to be jumping into the next area, and that is not all predators are traffickers. So both predators, those who consume child pornography and are at a higher rate of being contact offenders, and traffickers, those who sell or facilitate the selling of children to predators, are equally important for us to unearth. A predator exploits the vulnerable by consuming child pornography and then often shows up at a sting operation where they thought they would be violating an actual child. These predators can also be labeled traffickers, as they decimate and produce inappropriate material that further exploit these children to continue feeding the insatiable sick appetites of other predators. In a different spin, traffickers also take the form of any person in an organized effort to exploit a child for sex. These could be taxi drivers who would never watch child exploitation videos, but are paid by pimps, brothel owners, bar owners, hotel management, or anyone in a network of individuals who are involved in knowing guiding predators to a child who is being sold for sex. In short, we pursue anyone who plays any role in knowing of sexual exploitation of children, predators, or traffickers. Or there were people like Jeffrey Epstein, who was a billionaire who was arrested in July 19 on charges of sex trafficking and conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking. He was denied bail ahead of his trial. Epstein died in jail and his death was officially ruled a suicide by the New York Medical Examiner. He had close ties with people who were politician with, who, who are politicians, which raises, raises questions. Some of his former associates include Bill Clinton, whose photos were released of one of Epstein's victims, Davies, 22 at the time, giving Clinton a neck massage. 
According to the Daily Mail, alleged Epstein recruiter, uh, Giselaine, I don't even know how the fuck you pronounce her name, but she was the awful person who was um, partnering with Epstein. Oh, that's right. Something Maxwell, currently being held in a Brooklyn jail on federal sex trafficking and perjury charges, insisted that Davies give Clinton a massage after his neck became stiff on a flight on Epstein's private jet, since nicknamed the Lolita Express. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Another is Donald Trump. He's quoted as saying, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. Trump told New York Magazine in 2002, he's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. This is a literal quote in a New York Magazine. Ooh. So. Yikes. Following. I think, I... <laughs> get this. Following the news of his recent arrest, Trump said he distanced himself from Epstein in the recent years. I had a falling out with him, the president said, according to the New York Times. The president. I haven't spoken to him. That's our president. I haven't spoken to him in years. I was not a fan of his. That I can tell you. Coincidentally, not a fan of Jeffrey Epstein. He's known him for 15 years, remember? And he, yeah. In recent years. And you know, and you know that... He had to have known what's going on. Come on. How do you... The thing is, is that, yes, Epstein was a rich guy. He was a billionaire. But he didn't become a billionaire the same way that these politicians did. He became a billionaire by being involved in sex trafficking. That's how he got his money. So it's alleged that they didn't know what was going on. Bill Clinton has said that. Donald Trump has said that. Even the fucking Prince Andrew, he said that too. They all said that they had no idea what was going on. What the fuck is your connection with this man then? What? You guys, none of you, like, politicians and royalty, like, that makes sense. Like, all of you guys getting along together, you guys being in the same group. Why are you guys fucking with someone who just so happens to just be a billionaire and his money comes from sex trafficking? It's just, okay. The associates. Mm Mm-hmm that the president has. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. Like, this is fact. The fact that the president has many associates who have been convicted of felonies and have criminal records now at, or sitting in jail. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a fact. My opinion is <laughs> that how is somebody that surrounded by all these criminals yet isn't them, involved isn't involved isn't that involved. it just that's i don't it doesn't add sense. up it doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up yeah so that's awful let's move on to another awful thing <laughs> <laughs> an excerpt from envoys 2 by ecpat usa quote While awareness of commercial sexual exploitation of boys, CSEB, has pulled next to that of commercial sexual exploitation of girls, CSEG, two important studies in the past 12 years, the commercial sexual exploitation of children in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico by Estes and Weiner, 2001, and the commercial sexual sexual exploitation of children in New York City by Curtis E.T.A.L., 2008, have been estimated that high percentages of commercially sexually exploited children in the U.S. are boys. Globally, male and females are trafficked for different reasons. Quote, while 83% of women victims who were detected in 2016 
were trafficked for sexual exploitation, 82% of the detected men were trafficked for forced labor. While boys, like men, are mainly detected as trafficked for forced labor, many are also detected as trafficked for sexual exploitation and other forms of exploitation, such as exploitative begging, child soldiering, and forced criminal activities. End quote. By the UNODC GLO TIP 2018. <laughs> Differences in data could also be reflecting different countries' capacity to detect, record, and report on trafficking. It is important to know that male victims are less likely to be identified, and LGBTQ boys and young men may be more vulnerable to trafficking. This is very, very fucking true. People know how to prey on vulnerability, especially of oh, children. Yeah. So, I have a story, okay. um, and, <sighs> okay, this is awful. So, Francis Sheldon, a former Michigan Air National Guard airman, bought an island and connected with his friend Gerald, who was a gym teacher. Gerald also worked at a pornography store, and he knew a lot about the industry and what it was in demand. He wanted to enter an illegal area of the industry, child pornography. It started when he began to assault his 12-year-old neighbor and was convinced that they were in love. The business was started by, mail by a mailing list where he could send out pictures and videos of not only his neighbor, but other boys as well. It then proceeded into something bigger and far worse. Launching in about 1975, Paul Brothers Nature Camp was a, was a millionaire's char charitable program that brought the children to the island in the summer. Quote, the premise of the organization was to give disadvantaged boys experience of camping out in nature, Nina instead said, a true crime podcaster. Gerald persuaded families to send their boys to Brother Paul's with the promise of a summer spent hiking, swimming, and learning about nature with other kids. The island was used for far much more worse things than summer activities. According to Appleman, the North Fox Island operation functioned essentially as a subscription service centered on the production of child pornography and the sexual abuse of boys from ages 7 to 16. In exchange for their contributions, the camp's sponsors could receive pornography that police said was produced on the island or even visit the island themselves. According to reports, it was used as a sex trafficking ring where wealthy rich people could fly to the island on their private jet and take advantage of these young boys. When caught, Gerald told police that Brother Paul's was a front organization that had been set up to victimize children and dodge taxes, according to a 1977 hearing. But before his arrest on July 23, 1976, police records said that the former gym teacher managed to call and warn his friend Sheldon, who promptly disappeared. So, along with this story, when I was doing research, guess who had ties to this island? Mm. Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, it's like... So, okay. So you said it was an island where people could send their underprivileged kids. So, like, like kids that don't have a lot of money, they're more vulnerable to that. If they're offered some kind of, like, little scholarship or something, the parents will be happy to give it to them. Of right? course. Um, also, targeting young boys. Young boys are less likely to speak out about sexual abuse because of the stigma that it has around it. Little boys don't want to admit that, you know, they were sexually abused in fear that people might think they're gay. Um, also, that they would like allow that to happen, it, even though that's not the case with sexual abuse. That's why it's called sexual abuse. Oh, shit. Yeah. So this was just awful. And what's even more awful is that it's like, 
these parents thought that they were doing their kids a service without any knowledge of knowing what was actually happening there. Yeah. So just imagine, like, sending your child away and, like, hearing about this. Like, yeah. I would be shattered, like... And it's like, I mean, they're the perfect victims because even once they're, like, it it comes to light, right? And they have to go to court. These men have a ton of money from all the millionaires, right? And the victims' families have nothing. Exactly. So, and we all know how, like... How that works out. How that works out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, perfect... Victims, essentially. Right? Yeah, exactly. For, for them to, to prey on. Um, that's... Awful. Awful. <laughs> just awful. Yeah, it's awful. And, like, I do just also want to state that, like, these are all just summaries of all these stories that I am telling. Like, they go so much deeper, Deep. and there's so much more worse than, like, what I'm giving you. Like, this is really just, like... You're just... The tip of the iceberg, yeah. like... Scratching the surface. Yeah. So, um... The next topic we're going to be talking about is victims are not commonly under physical force or kidnapped. Quote, while there are circumstances in which traffickers may physically hold the people they exploit, it is more common for them to use psychological means to date, lure, and recruit, groom, and control their victims. This is also by Rebecca Benders from Trafficking Truths. Um, We heard a story from her earlier. One 15-year-old girl in Michigan was excited when a cute boy at her school offered her a ride home. After drugging, exploiting, and photographing her, the boy threatened to show her family what had happened unless she had did what unless she did what he had said. He coerced her into selling her body for sex. He would pick her up in the middle of the night and drop her off at beautiful homes in the suburbs of Detroit. This boy was not a stranger, but a friend from school. Although she lived at home, her parents did not know what was going on. Psychological manipulation is a common method of control that traffickers use. They play on a person's vulnerabilities to manipulate them and gain their trust. CNN outlines five disguises that human traffickers use. The pretender, provider, promiser, protector, and punisher. Many victims are trafficked by somebody they know in their family, friend group, or online. And um, something I did want to make a point of, which is actually something that is kind of happening right here, right now. There is not... uh, any actual proof of this i've only seen it going around on instagram so i do just want to state that but it is a new trafficking scam that is being sent out recently as a text message that states c comma we came across a package from march pending for you please claim ownership and click for the delivery address here and then it gives you like one of those weird little like bitly links which is like a bunch of numbers and letters and then once you click on the strange link it allegedly gives whomever access to your phone's location which makes you vulnerable to being trafficked just be aware guys like i'm not for sure if that's like 100 percent true but you know in the possibility that it is just protect yourself don't click on things from random numbers especially if you don't know it it just doesn't seem safe so especially if it's like making you more vulnerable to being trafficked just really, really be mindful of that. But have you received one of those messages? I have, yeah. Oh, God. I did, too. And it's so weird because a lot of people are. Like, so many people are. I'm just like, who the fuck is the source? Where is this coming from? Like, yeah, I have no idea. But, yeah, I, d- I have seen it. I didn't click on it. I mean, I just deleted it. I was like, spam, you know? But, I mean, I could see somebody accidentally, like, either clicking on it or just, like, being like, oh, what package? Like, you know, not thinking twice about it. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty creepy. I don't like that. No, it is scary. <laughs> and also, can we talk about the part in this article where it was talking about that young girl who, where she thought that a cute boy was flirting with her? And how, first of all, he drugged her and exploited her. Fucking awful. But he's dropping her off at houses in the suburbs. Like, are... Yeah, I mean, there's predators everywhere. They're everywhere. But it's everywhere. just like, men have to know. Like, you know, it's like they have to know what they're getting themselves into. Like, you can't be blind to what a 15-year-old looks like. Like, obviously, I know the... I, I mean, Zach, I, they could know. That's very true, Do you know what I too. mean? Like, I mean, their moral compass is not totally intact if they're having, like, a escort come in. I mean, that's totally their business and 100%, like, you know, them. You know, it's all them, right? But where the line starts getting fuzzy is if, like, this is a young girl. Yeah. You're not sure if it's who it is right yeah exactly and i think i think 100 like 100 support sex workers and everything and them doing what what they do because if they if they like it and they consent to it that's 100 there oh yeah for sure but i do think that people who do call these like escort companies and call for these like people to come in right to their their homes and everything and they they have intercourse with them they, ha- they gotta make sure that these people are consenting people that are they're consenting adults yes yes a hundred percent and you know this is why we need to legalize sex workers because so these types of things can be enforced and so they are actually protected yeah like, we gotta protect them because that's not that's not okay because of the the shame and then the legal issues you put them through it's harder for people to come forward when like they see do see these things it's like how do you know about this trafficker it's like, I can't say I'm, like, an escort for them. Exactly. Like, you know, because then I'll incriminate myself. Exactly. So, I I don't know. I think, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think sex work should definitely be not only, like, legal, but also respected. Exactly. 110%. There you go. So. <laughs> so, that's what we're trying to say. Yes, that's what we're trying to say. Excuse me for misspeaking. I do not condone sex trafficking <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> That's why I'm talking about this. So the last topic we're going to talk about, well, there's two more topics. Um, Traffickers are not all men. In 2018, UNODC GLO TIP reports that internationally, 35% of persons prosecuted for trafficking were female. This percentage is similar to previous years. UNODC reports that the percentages differ by region, which may be reflecting the different approaches of criminal justice systems worldwide. In addition, quote, developing countries may be able in the convict only lower ranks of the trafficking network, resulting in the conviction of those who would normally control or recruit the victims, the so-called madams in some contexts of, of sex exploitation. So an example of this is a lot of what I've been seeing on Instagram recently is people's personal stories. And just because it seems like it's so common nowadays, which is really scary, I wasn't able to pick one particular story. So I'm just going to give you kind of like an example of what's been going on in general. So pictures on Instagram where the caption states that the person who posted the picture was in a public place, for example, a grocery store, gas station, the mall, etc. And they were being followed or the person was standing behind them in line, either speaking very lowly on the phone or in another language. 
And basically what they're doing is they're describing the potential victim to whomever else was on the other side of the phone. And the person who's on the other side of the phone is waiting outside the store to hopefully grab this potential victim and to submit them to human trafficking. Most of the time, men will use women to describe the potential victim because women are seen as less threatening than if a man were to follow or to continuously stare at you. So a lot of the posts that I've seen, fortunately, those women were able to avoid that. But I can't say that But they everybody... felt like they were being followed. Exactly. Like, it's either they're being followed around the store or, like, someone is just staring at them. Like, and they're, like, looking at them, like, talking about them. Like, I mean, these people make themselves very obvious. And they can really be anywhere from a man to a woman. But a lot of the times, traffickers will use a woman to portray that role. Because, again, women are seen as less threatening as if it were a man to be doing that to you. It's just very unfortunate, and I hope that you guys stay safe out there and just be very mindful of your surroundings. I know that it is hard to be aware and know what's going around you at all times, but just be mindful. I just hope that everybody stays safe when they're out shopping and just doing the things that they need to do and, you know, just to be able to avoid situations like this. Gosh, I mean... I, I totally get that. I mean, I've been followed in stores. I don't know necessarily if they were, like, planning on grabbing me or anything like that. But I, I know I've been, like, out and about, like, like just, like, at a, at a bar or something. And I just got, like, totally, like, followed and totally creeped on, for sure. And I was just, like, not vibing it. But I, I know, too, like, they'll use that, too. Like, I know, like, when you're not totally there right you're kind of a little more vulnerable like you're not really paying attention that much to your surroundings so it, it, it's easier that way so if, if you're out drinking too i know right now there's not a lot of that but to be careful to always like have somebody with you or be sober enough to where you're still aware of all your surroundings at all yes. times yes i understand a good party trust me i get it <laughs> but sometimes it's just it's not worth not being fully aware of your surroundings. Because and once again, we're not just talking to women. We're talking to everybody. 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 anybody could be a trafficked. Yeah. Anybody. Like, yeah. So, there's one more area that I did want to hit. Um, this wasn't exactly labeled in the article. This comes from another article. Um, and I will list the sources, all of these sources, in our uh, blog. But have you heard of the hashtag trafficking hub? No. The hashtag trafficking hub campaigns alleges that because of the lack of verification needed to submit videos to Pornhub, videos of underage and unconsenting women can be submitted, allowing this abuse to be broadcasted and Pornhub to profit off of it. So. Oh, no. No. Pornhub yes, is making I... a huge profit off out of, of a lot of underage porn, unconsenting porn people who could have possibly been trafficked, people who are possibly being raped, and it's played off as rape... Uh, fantasy. Rape fantasy. Like... God. Oh. Yes. yes. Yes, I have heard of that. Yeah. No, that's... That's awful. Yeah, it is oh, absolutely man. awful. There is some... Okay, there's some great porn out there. Oh, yeah, wonderful There is some porn. great consenting... Wonderful porn. Wonderful porn out there. Like... <laughs> Pay for your porn. Pay for your porn. Pay Honestly, for porn. pay for your porn because... because fuck, fuck Pornhub for that. Exactly. What? Like, they, they gotta find some kind of way to, like, regulate 
and and fix that issue because then they're just part of the problem exactly oh they're a big part of the problem which is awful it's like can you imagine like this could ruin someone's whole life like yeah if they don't know that that was even videotaped because sometimes these videos are like they're also you could be drugged exactly or, or like really intoxicated and not even know what's going on you can black out exactly and not that and you can't consent and you can't consent if you're drunk blacked out you just can't that's not a thing yeah so please pay for your porn support sex workers um this is how we're really going to be able to kind of steer away from Pornhub and hopefully they do regulate something because this is fucking awful like it is beyond no it's not okay it's like you're you're victimizing this person multiple times even after the you know, situation happen, oh, yeah. right? It's oh, just like yeah. continuing. Now, now people are watching this, yeah. getting off on it. That's that's gross. Ugh, it's awful. So, some ways to help. Um, we actually have a state website. Um, well, yeah, we have a state website. It's www.state.gov, and it's twenty ways that you can help fight human trafficking. So, it tells you Great. a bunch of different ways that you would be able to help fight human trafficking. I would love to go into detail about it, but I really think that kind of discussing what's going on is really what's going to allow us to help. Um, I think it's a way to help. And then also the website that I got most of this article from is ourrescue.org. And they also have an education tab located on their website as well. That lets you know a little bit more what to work, what to look for when it comes to human trafficking. Um, So with this particular organization they've actually helped to save like over four thousand like people who were involved in like human trafficking so yeah that's wonderful that i mean that's it's a lot of people but the sheer amount of people that are being trafficked right now we could do a lot better than that we could do a lot better than that so i just hope that this brings some awareness to you guys and i hope that we can really help to fight human trafficking oh my gosh thank you so much for talking about that i know that's not an easy topic to go into yeah especially yeah, as our first everything. ever, yeah, our first ever, like, irk, but, I mean, that's very important, and we do need to talk about it, because there is ways that we can help. And prevent it, like, yeah. for sure. And also, we gotta su- support our sex workers. Support our sex workers, especially and support during our farm right workers, and forced so- labor. Forced labor, uh, our farm workers, for sure. Like, do your research on how you can buy from responsible union. Yes. Farm workers. Yes. There you go. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, so I want to start off by talking about fact versus opinion. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know, Zach. You might have an idea where this is going. Yes. But <laughs> fact versus opinion. I got this uh, diagram from Dr. Rhonda Dubik. Um, it's just a diagram. Let, let's 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 compare the two, right? Because right now, I guess there's a lot of important people that don't know what. The difference is, yeah. (laughs) So, fact, the meaning of fact is, fact refers to something that can be verified and proven to be true. Opinion refers to a judgment or belief about something. So, that is your opinion. I feel like this is, like, something we learned in elementary school. Yeah, but, I mean, we gotta go through it again. (laughs) (laughs) Some people haven't got it. A lot of people don't understand right now. Um, But pretty much, fact is based on observation or research. Uh, Opinion is assumption or personal views, so personal biases. Yes. Such. Fact is a relative reality, right? And then opinion is subjective 
statement. Yes. Fact, possible. Opinion, not possible. <laughs> Represents something that really happened is fact. Or perspective about something is opinion. Correct. Okay. Fact is not de- debatable. It's just not. It's not. It's the truth. It's the truth. Opinion, yes, debatable. Okay. I'm going to say that one again. Example. I think that the best plants out there are trees. Is that a fact or is that an opinion? That is definitely an opinion okay. because I love, you know. Ferns. I love ferns. <laughs> <laughs> Me trying to come up with a plant right now. <laughs> I love vines. vines. I just think vines are the best. Leaves. 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 Those plant. That's part of a plant. Yeah. Uh, so pretty. I like flowers. No oh, flowers are beautiful. They are also part of trees. But you, you get. You Wait, get I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but you could say I don't know. What's a fact about trees? Uh, a fact about trees is that sometimes they produce sap. That there it is. That is not. That is not debatable. That is fact. That is fact. Yes. <laughs> The fact that, or the opinion that you have that the trees are the best, that is your opinion. All right. That being said, <laughs> I just have to cover that really quick because I got through watching all of the Republican National Convention. Aye, aye, aye. I sat through all of it. Oh, because wow. you know what? What we do here is we watch media that not only we agree with but also that we don't agree with because we need to get both sides exactly keep an open mind exactly we need to keep an open mind and we need to really see other people's point of views yeah and also sometimes i think it, it helps us understand why people think the way they do if we see Especially the Republican National Convention. I saw your eye twitch there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I, I know you watched it too, Zach. So. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, we both got through it. There was a lot of... A lot. A lot of things that were not based on fact. Um, so, that's why I started off with that. Um, I think it was like every minute... Trump said something that was not factual. Oh, really? So, yeah, so I think he's, like, breaking his own record at yeah. this point. Yeah. But, okay, so so let's let's go down to just a group that I find really fascinating, and that is Women for Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I find them fascinating because I don't get it. Yeah. But that's why I'm trying to get it, right? Yeah. So, so I went to their website. I just took the, like, statement, like, right off the, like, header of the page. It was said, it said, re-elect the president. Re-electing the president ensures greater economic opportunity for women, safer communities for our families, and common sense healthcare policies for generations to come. Women for Trump website. This statement is not based on fact, guys. Yeah, (laughs) no, I was like, wait... Wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the first the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the greater economic opportunities for women. Mm. So the Trump administration is currently working on a, a an appeal for an executive order made by President Barack Obama that forces large companies of a hundred employees or more to report wages that they pay their employees. So under this executive order, uh. These companies will have to submit data to the Equal Employment Opportunities Commission every year to show workers' income based on race and gender. Sounds like basic common sense, like it would be good, right? Yeah, exactly. 
2017, Mr. Trump quickly uh, revised the ruling made by the former president and blocked income data collections for companies. And what what's the reasoning for that? The administration oh said it was unnecessarily bothersome on companies. And I did get this information from the independent news. But it's, like, already there. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, they already have this information. Exactly. All they have to do is, like, send a file. Exactly. Right? And this is just ensuring that people are not getting... Underpaid? Underpaid. Like, women are not getting underpaid. You know, depending on your race, you're not getting underpaid. It just seems like something that... Easy... Yeah. And it's great for women. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But what we're doing is not that. So that's just one thing. Right? Let's talk a little bit about safer communities for our families. Right? Safer communities maybe for our white families. Yeah. But. What about everybody what else? What about everybody that's else? That's not white. So the Trump administration officials have gone to great lengths to ensure American people that they are the law and order administration. How many times have you heard that? The law and order administration. Okay, so this is my opinion. You tell me if you agree with me, Zach. Looting does not equate to murdering countless African-American people by law enforcement. No. Yeah, it just, yeah. It's just <laughs> looting does not equal the same thing as murdering no. African American people. Especially by law when enforcement. This was a country that you initially looted. Oh. That's also, a whole nother rabbit hole. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. But yeah, absolutely. Like we're all immigrants here, honey. Yeah, all of us. Okay. And that's on <sighs> that's on fact. That's on fact. <laughs> Except for indigenous people. Except for indigenous people. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Alright, so Let's talk a little bit about the African-American community, right? African-American community tends to be policed more heavily and disproportionately, you know, compared to white people. Yeah. So in New York City in 2018, 73% of shooting victims were black, though residents, black residents, comprise only 24% of the city's population. So they're a tiny percent of the population, yet 73% of the the shooting victims in New York City in 2018. That does not equate to me. No. Not to me, at least. Nationally, African Americans between the age of 10 and 34 die of homicide at 13 times. 10? Ages 10 to 34. Oh my god. Even 34 is fucking young. Die of homicide at 13 times the rate of white Americans, according to research by the CDC and the Justice Department. (sighs) And that information I got from USA Today by Heather McDonald. That is fucking awful. 10 to 34. 10? You're a baby. You're You're a baby. baby. 10 to 34, you die at 13 times the rate as a white American. That's awful. That is absolutely awful. And I think that this is the reason why we still need to continue talking about why black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Like... And that's not to say that all lives don't matter. Yes, no one is saying that. No one is saying that. It's just we're not paying attention to black lives enough. 
there is no change yet. The the change that 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 the movement has been fighting for is just to hold the people accountable who are murdering these people, right? And it's just it's not happening. Look at the murders of Breonna Taylor. It's still still not no, happening. Still not happening. Ahmad Aubrey. It's been over a year now. Nothing. Literally nothing. It's crazy that we're for some reason like sheltering these murderers, yet we can't protect the basic human right of life to the African-American community. There is no reason why a 10-year-old should die at 13 times the rate of an Amer- a white American. Like, that is crazy. There's no reason. There's literally no reason. Yeah, so I recommend watching the film 13 if you guys oh, haven't watched it already. Oh, my God. That shit broke my heart. I watched that movie or that documentary twice, and at the second Same. time, I just was bawling. Like, it's oh, yeah. crazy. You guys have to watch it if you haven't watched it already. I highly recommend that one. Once again, I did get that from USA Today. So, President Trump inflames tensions in Portland rather than calming them down. The mind comes also from the CNN and Vanity Fair. So, committee chairman Adam Schiff is quoted as saying, The president is willfully, willfully fanning flames of this fire. They believe that this is helpful to them, referring to Trump's allies. Trump tweeted, quote, Great patriots early Sunday morning, sharing a video of the caravan of his supporters. Schiff said Trump simply won't act to stop violence, end quote, and will try to stoke the flames on social media and through other methods, quote, because he believes the violence will help him, end quote. That is sad and tragic truth about this and also all of Trump's presidency and more generally, Schiff said. Schiff's comments came after the police said one person in Portland, Oregon, was fatally shot late Saturday after clashes between a Black Lives Matter protest and a caravan of Trump supporters. In a Sunday morning tweet storm, the president only ratcheted up detentions by encouraging supporters to travel into cities to engage with Black Lives Matter protests. Why? I don't know. Um, and threatening to send and threatening to again send troops into Portland. He called Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler a fool who has no idea what he is doing. Oh, these are all quotes, by the way. And continued his law and order pronouncements. Quote, bring in the National Guard, end quote, he wrote, reiterating his Friday Twitter threat to remobilize federal agents into the city if Wheeler is unable to quell the chaos. The same day, the mayor firmly rejected the idea of Trump sending federal law enforcement into Portland as he did in July. Quote, you made the situation far worse. Your offer to repeat that disaster is a cynical attempt to stoke fear and distract us from our real work in our city. End quote. On Sunday, Trump reposted a video of his supporters unloading paintballs and pepper spray at protesters from their vehicles, calling the behavior a big backlash that can, quote, not be unexpected under Wheeler's leadership. The president appeared to approve his supporters taking matters into their own hands, tweeting, the people of Portland won't put up with uh, no safety any longer. Trump also encouraged supporters to go into Portland, praising the participants of the MAGA caravan as great patriots. Less than a week after his supporter, his one of his supporters, Illinois teenager Kyle Rittenhouse, traveled to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and allegedly shot and killed two protesters. The Kenosha protest broke out after a white police officer fired several bullets last week at Jacob Blake, an unarmed black man who is now paralyzed from the waist down. Trump has yet to denounce a 17-year-old suspected shooter. Let me just say, if this was a black 17-year-old... Oh my gosh. Already would, be in jail right now. He would already be in jail. He would have been murdered before he got to jail. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, You're right. He wouldn't have made it to the jail. 
Absolutely not. Trump has yet to denounce the 17-year-old suspected shooter, a stance White House chief of staff Mark Meadows maintained on Sunday when NBC's Chuck Todd broached the subject. Quote, why isn't the president condemning people like Kyle Wittenhouse and others taking arms into their own hands? Todd asked Meadows. The president has been very clear, Meadows replied. He asked for proper investigations. The president is on the side of the law enforcement and the rule of the law. The president is expected to visit Kenosha on Tuesday to meet with law enforcement and survey the damage from recent violence, um, Politicio reported. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin refused to condemn Trump's apparent agitation and promotion of vigilante justice in an interview with CNN's Dana Bash on Sunday, deflecting her questions about President Trump's storm and the violence it appeared to endorse. There are people agitating all over the place, Johnson said. Yeah, but he's the president of the United States, Bash replied. Which is totally fucking true! You're not supposed to be agitating people! You're supposed to be helping the problem! Okay, now one last thing to say. Oh. Democratic-Republican Karen Bass suggested Sunday on CNN's State of the Union that Trump's purpose for visiting Kenosha is to agitate things and make it far worse. She pointed out that Trump retweeted the video of his supporters firing paint guns to the people in Portland. Quote, I think he only means to agitate things, she added. He is campaigning. It is clear his campaign is all about law and order. It is a throwback to the past, and he's going to do everything to disrupt the law and order in this time period. So, okay. <sighs> I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said, because it's a shit show. A whole shit show. Uh, The thing, the problem is that you're not supposed to take sides right now, but the problem, the problem with, with the president right now is that his side, essentially, is his campaign, his whole campaign is these people, these MAGA, you know, extreme extremists. extremists. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. I have some quotes as well from from Trump. Um, when a reporter, and this one is also from CNN, when a reporter asked Trump to condemn his followers that were shooting paintball guns and pepper spray, this is how he responded. Um, one question. I understand that they have a large number of people that were supporters, but they were in peaceful protests. So he's saying the the caravan of MAGA people, they were peaceful. <laughs> and that paint is not, paint is a defensive mechanism. Paint is not bullets. Uh, I don't know. Those things seem pretty yeah intense i've had a lot of family members and a lot of friends who've gone paintballing and they always come back (laughs) sore so it's like don't try to tell me that it's just paint and it's also like you're if you went into the street right now and shot somebody with a paintball gun (laughs) you would probably get arrested for some kind of assault yeah it is a form of assault honey what like and then these, okay, these guns, you've seen the videos. They're not just any old guns. No. They're massive. No, they're huge. Did you, okay, did, question. When you got this quote, did you get it, like, from an article or did you watch, like, the actual live interview? Oh, this is the live interview. I watched that fucking <laughs> interview, Dylan. That's why it's not going to make any sense when I read it because you know how he speaks, like, different and choppy. Can we talk about any time she asked a question that was very obviously problematic for him? He was like, duh, duh, duh. Well, uh, if you let me speak, I was just like... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So I'm assuming that he has to to call his 
his protesters, right, peaceful. Because, you know, there recently was one that gunned down two people and injured a third with an AK-47. Um, so, I mean, that's why he's saying, he's calling these people peaceful, I guess. I, I don't know. This is a quote from the president as well, from that same interview. Uh, your supporters, and they are your supporters, indeed shot a young man and killed him not with paint but with a bullet. And I think that is disgraceful. These people are protesting peacefully. I'll tell you what they are protesting. When they turn on the TV or read whatever they might be reading, and they see a city like Chicago, here 78 people were shot and 13 dead, or something like New York, where the crime rate has gone through the roof in a city like Portland, the entire city is ablaze all the time. The mayor says, we do not want help from the federal government. These people turn on the television. This is not our country. That is a quote from the president of the United States. So he's like turning this, and this is my opinion. I think he's pretty much oh, turning not this. <laughs> what I am gonna say about this is to me, he's just, like, turning the tables. Like, the the whole... These protests would not be happening if innocent black people had not been shot, okay? Don't turn this into, like, these heroes of fucking patriotism going out into the street, shooting down innocent Black Lives Matter protesters because their country is ablaze. Like, our country is ablaze because there is a fucking pandemic going on. There is the highest unemployment rate like literally since the fucking great depression is like going on right now like people are yeah people are upset but don't try to put the the blame onto these protesters they have nothing to do with why this country is is oh no sir struggling like people are mad about their health care people are mad about their rent they're possibly getting evicted like people are tired of getting shot and for no Seeing reason. people get shot, that's not a normal thing. Like, can we... Hello? Like... And we're gonna go more into detail, comparing our fucking statistics with that of the world, but... <sighs> yeah, it's not... And it's not that we don't respect police officers as, you know, a part of society that is necessary, but... The, what we're doing right now is not working. No, it's, it's not. not. It's fucking not. We need to figure out a system that works better. And I, I truly believe we can figure it out. Oh, yeah, for Definitely. sure. Definitely. We, if we're the greatest country in the world, we need to figure that shit out. We need to figure that shit out. And also to add to that is it's just like, why do you think that we're being set ablaze? And also, say, for example, we're ablaze, right? Yes. Like, let's say, and I know that they're not but let's say that the peaceful black lives matter protesters were rioting right now do you really think that fighting fire with more fire is making it better do you think that that's a great act of patriotism like no it's not no. it's not so it's like it doesn't even make sense and it's like maybe if it made the slightest bit of sense i would get it but these are peaceful these are people who are peacefully protesting and then their peaceful protest is being fucking shot paintballed in that like yeah. And it's not just that. I mean, like, you saw. They were yelling at them. Yeah. Harassing them. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, that it's even being held to the same standard. It's not. You 
you're fighting for your white comfort pretty much to turn on the tv and not and see a fucking perfect like city situation there's oh there there is not a country in the world that does not have crime at some point right yeah but their police force does not kill like ours does oh yeah right there are so many developed countries who have figured out how to police and keep their countries safe with minimal like deaths and killings so i just to me the the idea that we can you know say that is just this is just crazy to me. Yeah. Right? It's like insane. Another quote here. All right. So this is going to be talking about Jacob Blake. He says he's probably in big trouble. He was probably going to get killed anyways is what he said about that. It's under investigation. So he's making assumptions. Yeah. And <laughs> the United States, last time I checked, that you're innocent until proven guilty. He is not the jury he is not the fucking judge he is not nothing so he cannot be saying these accusations like that full on and then also i highly doubt he would have gotten the i I, there is no way he would have gotten death penalty for any of the crimes that he committed so no yeah for having a knife in his passenger seat oh i'm sorry below the passenger seat but also having a knife that could have very well have been planted there just putting that out there it's been done before and you know it's but we're not saying that's did. true. We're I not I heard true. I heard that perhaps some people are saying that it might have been planted there. Yes. Yes. We don't know if the knife was there before or after the murder. We don't know the truth. Just putting that out there. Yeah, nobody but, does. But, but even if the knife was there prior to Okay. Still not illegal. Still not illegal. <laughs> people have screwdrivers in their cars. You can very much well kill somebody with a screwdriver. Like there you go. I, I, point is, doesn't even make sense because he hadn't even closed the door yet. He had grabbed him. He could have grabbed him instead of pulled the gun. So, oh, okay. Another quick quote. Um, Great cops sometimes make the wrong decision. Okay, so. That's happened well far too many times. Okay. Once again, the job of a police officer is not easy but they are here to protect and serve the community. And that is the whole community. You can't just pick that you're going to serve and protect. protect. (laughs) It's like you're signing up for this job. This is what you're going to do, right? The problem is that more often than not, black and brown people kind of get the shit under the stick when it comes to policing and when it comes to just the the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. Um... And when we talk about cops making the wrong decision, that's that's somebody's life that we're talking about. That wrong about. decision is somebody's life. Yeah, that wrong decision is somebody's life. And most of the times it could be prevented. So, yeah. But not only that, it's like also to take into consideration that it's like that is that person's life, obviously themselves, but it's like you don't know if they, like, what if their family is like waiting for them to come home? And then they see another person killed on the fucking news. And it's like, oh my god, that's my husband. That's my son. That's my dad. Like, can you imagine how that feels? Like, because of one police officer's wrong decision? Like, it's fucking awful. And uh, I just hope that some changes really happen when it comes to 
policing and properly policing and properly serving and protecting everybody in the community. Like you said, not just certain parts of it. Yeah, it's got to be the whole community. That's what they're there for. Going back to our first uh, quote from Women of Trump. (laughs) They said, common sense healthcare policies for generations to come. The the part generations to come kind of stood out to me. I was like, hmm, probably not. I mean, (laughs) okay. So this information I got from the LA Times by Margaret Sanger Katz. So the president, she fact-checked him. He said, we will always and very strongly protect patients with pre-existing conditions. And that is a pledge from the entire Republican Party. President. I could fact check him right now. (laughs) President Trump. Let's have a look and see, you know? So, Margaret here put that the Affordable Care Act was signed by Barack Obama in 2010, establishing protections for Americans with pre-existing health conditions. Wow, it kind of sounds like what we were talking about. Uh, Requiring insurers to sell them the same plans offered to people uh, without prior health problems. So, yeah, so perfect. That that was set in place in 2010, right? Why change it? We're going to change it. (laughs) Although President Trump often says he supports the idea, he takes numerous actions that would weaken those protections. So he supports legislation early in his term that would have overturned the Affordable Care Act, undermining the comprehensiveness of the health benefits. I put here that it's because Obama did it, because why else did he do anything, you know? Yeah. Like just to undo Obama. <laughs> yeah, literally. Obama's policy. I was like, that was the first few years of his... Um... It's petty. Yeah. As fuck. But that was the first few years, right, of the Trump administration. It was just like, let's undo Obama's things and let's, like, I don't really have a plan afterwards with what I'm going to replace it with. I'm just going to undo it. I'm just going to undo it because I want to undo it because I can. Yeah, yeah. So that, so there you go. Uh, He has expanded the availability of insurance that does not offer plans with people with pre-existing conditions. So you pretty much expanded the insurance, right, the availability, but doesn't really help people with pre-existing conditions, which that's what he claimed in the Republican National Convention. So, bullshit, right? And the Justice Department is involved in a lawsuit currently with the Supreme Court that would overturn the health law in its entirety. The president has provided no details about the policy that would replace the health law and help patients with pre-existing conditions. So pretty much no information for those people whatsoever so if they if he does get reelected, i mean hope you're not already sick yeah you know like oh god so we have we have not even touched on the rollback on funding of feminine reproductive health like planned parenthood we haven't oh, even touched on that my god. but i'm not going to touch on that right now just want to say, since that was a quote from from women of Trump, girl, not even protecting your feminine reproductive health that was already in place and had nothing wrong with it. Just leave it there. You just know? leave it there. It was fine. It was fine. So it's no, yeah. So that that's that. What do you even say to that? Like <laughs> literally, what do you even say to that? Like he said, all of it can be fact checked. You know, so it's just like. And they did, and the LA Times did. Um, a lot of really smart people. <laughs> 
went and fact checked everything and um yeah that article's is just insulting that you know it has to exist but it does and i definitely recommend that you guys check it out and i also i don't know if you know what this is and we're not going to be jumping into this topic today but do you know what twinks for trump is oh my gosh okay yeah let's (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh but that's like i feel like they're very good friends with women for trump just yeah they're oh my gosh bffs um, really quick. I saw a tweet that was like roaches for raid. That's <laughs> literally women for Trump. Tweets for Trump. Tweets for Trump. I thought that was so funny, and there were so many versions of that, and yeah, they were. That's oh, hilarious. People are so boy. funny. I can't. People go. are funny. Go Twitter. <laughs> go Twitter. But yeah, those those tweets like had me just rolling. But oh, goodness. <laughs> Goodness, fucking, gosh. Okay. Um, Let's talk a little bit about COVID. Uh, I know. <laughs> the great Miss Rona. All right. So COVID incidents triple among uh, the natives, um, it, like indigenous people in the U.S. The CDC reports, right? This is a, this is an article by Jacqueline Howard from CNN. Uh, Navajo Nation has lost lost more to covid than 13 states so yeah navajo nation is not that big too yeah. so and that's 13 states so the, wow it is that's a lot that it's that's a lot. wild it's wild okay so navajo nation has lost more to the coronavirus than 13 states coronavirus pandemic has disproportionately impacted native american communities which is devastating the incident of COVID-19 cases among uh, Native American Indians and Alaskan Natives are 3.5 times that among white people according to the CDC which is unacceptable the CDC led team also found that the cases among Native Indians and um, Alaskan Natives tend to be of younger age also devastating Uh, Navajo surpasses the New York City state for highest COVID infection rate in the United States. So that's some really heavy news, but I want to talk a little bit about what some uh, Navajo women did to help protect some of the elders from the COVID situation, right? So this article is from Caitlin Reinhardt. Um, corn kite news. I hope I'm saying that right. So, a perk. I, it's a little one, but I mean, it's it's also I found uh, some organizations that we can support as well. So, Monica Harvey was a 37 year old. Noticed firsthand how difficult it had become to get essential goods such as toilet paper and food. Harvey grew concerned for the elders in the l- loop area sorry if i'm if i am messing that up who many many like many of the 174,000 who live on the reservation often have traveled long distances for supplies and haul their own water to cook bathe and wash their hands harvey found founded defend our community a grassroots 
group delivered supplies to elders in need. That's really cool. Yeah. She saw how how hard it was for her to get her essential goods, right? That she was like, oh my gosh, the elders must be really struggling. I'm going to do something about it. And she founded Defend Our Community, right? And that, I believe she started that on Facebook. Yes. So the power of, you know, Facebook communities are just Amazing. amazing, right? So she founded that. The organization volunteers have helped more than 100 elders. So, uh, right? That's, that's amazing. Good, that's great. She Okay, this is a quote from, from Harvey. I didn't want to wait for the numbers to rise. We knew what we need, what was needed. So she took initiative, pretty much. Harvey was joined by Tara Whitehair, Emily um, slow talker and others and together they worked tirelessly with Har- Harvey at their home to strategize shopping trips then sanitize and pack care packages in the summer heat the only cool cooling came from three fans and they pretty much did all this work and got all these elders their essential goods that's amazing so I definitely recommend to support what they're doing, I think, is super great. It's called Defend Our Community. And, yeah, she's on Facebook. Yes. Okay, find them on Facebook and please support them. Because yeah, because I thought that... is amazing. That is amazing. And there's a lot of communities or a lot of um, organizations that we can support to help the Navajo... Uh, the, the Navajos with the coronavirus pandemic because it is running rampant over there. Yeah. We really, we do need to help them out. So. We do. We really, really do. So that, that was really important to mention. And yeah, Zach, do you want to move on to some perks? Let's move on to some perks. Um, so as we mentioned in the beginning of our podcast and our disclaimer, typically we don't tend to be as political, but obviously with the election coming up, we really do want to make a point of it and we really do want to put it out there. So in our perks segment, the plan is to generally talk about good news that is happening in the world. But for these irks and perks, we would like to t- mention two areas where your support is needed right now. Um, so I'm sure, as you noticed in the last irk that I had mentioned, I didn't really have a way that you could help. So now I'm going to tell you the way that you can help. Voting! Yay! So, <clears throat> We cannot continue to allow our community to continue to be divided and spewed rhetoric at. We are strong and we are capable of using our voices for the greater good. Do your part. It is never too late to educate yourself in politics. When I was in high school, I wish I would have paid more attention, but I never thought that politics would play a role in my life. And was I wrong? Um, The day that Trump was elected president, I recall that the LGBT rights page was removed from the White House's website. From there on out, I knew that politics be. From there on out, I knew that it indeed affected my life and so many others in communities that I care deeply about. If you have the eligibility to vote, please do so. If you happen to know someone who may not have the eligibility to vote, ask if you can help them cast their vote. I am grateful to have the ability to continue to educate myself in politics, as well as having someone who is as educated like Dylan is as a friend help me see different perspectives. Exercise your right to vote. Dates and deadlines vary by state, so please Google your states and take advantage of early voting in your state. If you are not registered to vote, do so at your earliest convenience and request a mail-in ballot if your state isn't already sending them. As far as sending in your absentee ballot, I'm sure that you've noticed that it is taking longer for you to receive your packages or mail. The same is happening for mail that is being sent. It appears that the USPS is currently being sabotaged. I 
wonder why. Um, and receiving your ballot may take some time. But once it's received, do research, cast your vote, and take your ballot to a voting center in person before the deadline. Trump is doing what he can to win this election, and if he wins another term, can we really make America great again? Dylan and I cannot stress enough the significance in voting this year. I do want to mention how the U.S. is great, right? Oh, yeah, we're phenomenal. <laughs> we're phenomenal. Um, but our voting turnout is not. There is a lot of significant amount of countries that are doing voting better than us. Just to name a few, we got Spain, Canada, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, New Zealand, South Korea. We got, the list goes on. <laughs> so I got this information from Forbes. Uh, and guys, we're at a 55.7% turnout when it comes to voting, which is unacceptable. Like, especially right now, like we need, we need to go vote. We need to go do that because right here, right now. Yeah, there is no, there is no use in complaining later. Oh yeah, not at right? all. Right? No, no, no. Like you need to use your voice where it counts, and that is in the voting booth or in a mail-in ballot, honey. Yes. That is it. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, and come on, let's make America great by voting. Let's make America great by voting. And you know what this reminds me of? When we were in elementary school, or like maybe high school no elementary school when we were in elementary school and they would be like if everybody makes perfect attendance this year we'll get a pizza by the end of the year if everybody goes and votes maybe we can have good authority here in america let's do that let's do it let's do that it's let's come do on it. guys come on come yeah on. we gotta we gotta do we yeah we gotta do better we gotta do better guys come on we gotta do better we we're gotta america vote. america the next perk that I do want to bring up and another area that really does need your support is a USPS. So this article comes from Mashable.com and it's written by Shiobon Neela Stock. And President Trump has repeatedly claimed that mail-in voting will lead to voter fraud without any evidence. He's also refused to financially aid the USPS during the pandemic. Business Insider reports. And this is all happening during the lead up to the November election where many people are relying on mail-in ballots due to the pandemic. Trump said they, the USPS, need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. He continued, if they don't get those two items, that means that you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. Confusingly, that same day, Trump said that he would sign legislation that included funding for the post office during the coronavirus press conference. Even before Trump, the USPS was in a financial, financial shortfall. It lost $69 billion during the past 11 years, according to the U.S. Government Accountability Office. A lot of that has to do with a 2006 law that puts USPS at a competitive disadvantage. So, what can we do to support the USPS? Well, I'm going to tell you, Dylan. Please. Please tell us. Well, number one is reach out to your congressional representatives. Something that takes less than a minute to do, you can text USPS, that is again, USPS, to 50409 and they will send your letters to your senators and representatives in support of the Postal Service. You've probably heard it before, but contacting your senators and representatives really does help push forward an issue. Remember, they depend on your votes to stay in office, so they're paid to care about what you care about. You can call them, you can email them, and you can tweet at them. You can also sign the Center for American Progress petition. 
Remember, it's not just voters and people who like to send letters who rely on the USPS. It's also senior citizens who need their medication and low-income people who depend on low-cost mailing and banking options. The USPS can even be a lifeline for homeless people who count on social services. Number two, what does it say, Dylan? Shout it from the rooftops, guys. Now is not the time to shut your mouth. <laughs> post on social media and tell people what the issue is and why the USPS is important. Talk about it with friends. Dylan, the USPS is important. Family. And hey, even strangers. So they're also aware of the issue and can spread the word. The only stranger I see is my male person every day. So I'm sure she knows that the USPS <laughs> is important. Um, this kind of social media backlash may have even helped to stop the recent disappearance of mailboxes in some parts of the country. On Friday, the USPS said it would stop removing boxes nationally until after the election, the Washington Post reported. The agency said the boxes were being moved to higher volume areas, but this claim prompted skepticism. Whether or not mailboxes are actually going to higher traffic areas, keep the pressure on. Step three, what does it say, Dylan? Protests. In the last few months of anti-racist demonstrations have taught us anything, it's that protesting can catapult an issue to the national consciousness. Of course, whether real action follows is an entirely different subject. Residents at the National Washington, D.C. condo that Postmaster General Louis DeJoy calls home woke up Saturday morning to the cacophony of protesters outside his home in the D.C. The protest was organized by the direct action group Shut Down D.C. to rally against leadership. DeJoy has been behind cutting cost changes of the USPS, which has included a ban on overtime pay, the early shutdown of sorting machines, and the requirement that employees will leave mail behind when necessary to avoid extra trips or late delivery on routes. The Washington Post reported, DeJoy has also donated $2.7 million to Trump and Republicans since 2017, reported Reuters. So far, it doesn't look like the USPS protests have caught on outside of DC, but it doesn't hurt to do a search on Facebook. Use its event tab, Twitter, or groups geared toward activism to find if a protest is happening near you. Alternatively, organize your own. Number four, Dylan, tell me. Write to the USPS Board of Governors. Don't put away your smartphone quite yet. Contact the USPS Board of Governors, a group of up to nine people in this case. They're all white men. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Who are appointed by the president. The Senate also weighs in on this decision. The governors act like a board of directors for the USPS. These men chose DeJoy as Postmaster General, as is the protocol, and also choose a Deputy Postmaster General, currently vacant. Per the rules, no more than five of nine are allowed to belong in the same political party. All but two of the governors are Republicans. Gee. And number five, Dylan, please tell me what it is. Buy stamps and USPS merch. Yes. USPS merch. Yes. Even <laughs> though the USPS is government agency, it does not receive taxpayer money. No, it doesn't because of 2006. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> It relies on money from postage and its other services, so if you can afford it, consider buying stamps from the USPS merch. If just half of the adults in the US bought a sheet of stamps around $11, it would raise about $1.5 billion for the USPS. So let's go buy some stamps. Dylan, what did you do this weekend? Bought some stamps. You bought some fucking stamps. I'm going to go buy some stamps right now. Yeah. Mine have little veggies on it, and they're very cute. There's and an you know what? on it. <laughs> <laughs> go buy the eggplant one. Go buy the eggplant one. Hello. <laughs> so... Please, guys, let's support the USPS. They are a very, very important part of this, and we cannot allow for something that is literally given to us to be taken away. Like, yes. no, we need to fund them. We need to no, support guys. them. No, guys, and Protest. also, like, imagine if the USPS was to be on. Like, just take a second to imagine, like, what would that do to shipping? 
Oh my in God. general, like they would have a monopoly over shipping. Small like, businesses, hello. Bye, seniors, you know? hello. Hello. A lot of people. Guys, it's infected. a scary thought. It's a scary thought to like close your eyes and just imagine USPS being gone. It's like something that is so every day that you don't take a second th- like look at it. Oh, You're yeah. like, oh, w- like you we're just, just used to it. We're accustomed yeah. to it by now. You know, so it's like we really do have to support it and we do really have to keep it alive. Absolutely. How do we receive our mail? I don't even know what that looks like. No, yeah, it would be all of these private companies doing it and they could charge whatever they want because the USPS is gone. So let's take care of them, guys. Please. Please. All right. And then we're finally going to be closing our mouths after this one last little perk that we're going to give you. This one's fun. (laughs) This one's fun. We promise. It's nothing political. Political can be fun too. The Naked Pandemic Race, an article by Jen A. Miller from the New York Times. Have you heard of this, Dylan? (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) So, Sunny Rest was found as a nudist resort in 1945, and except for a lack of clothing, looks like a lot of other campgrounds with mobile homes, cabins, tents, and RVs. There's a pool, a spa, volleyball, and tennis courts. Hot tubs, hiking, and biking trails. Sounds beautiful. Most people go about their daily activities wearing nothing but shoes or sandals. Maybe a hat. Hopefully also sunscreen because, ooh, don't want to imagine what it's like being burned down there. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's a private property, so laws against public nudity are not an issue. Pretzel City has been putting on the races there for 13 years. The events are meant to be fun, but the race organizers recognize that there is something of a taboo around nudity, so it automizes race results when posting them online, listing participants only by first name, last initial, and home state. Knowing the privacy concern, Pretzel City's race director announced before the race that a photographer and I would be covering the event, and that we would only include those runners who consented to being photographed and interviewed. Several runners were eager to talk to me, including Bruce Freeberger, 69, who drove from Detroit to run this race. That's great. Um, Mm -hmm. He operates the website Naked5K.com. Its slogan, I did wear shoes. It's not girls gone wild, he said, for naked runs. He believes that those who run nude tend to be unselfish and more sportsmen-like. Wow. Wow. Um, (laughs) As soon as I pull into Sunny Rest, after showing my ID and having the license plate of my car recorded by security, I saw a man in a wide-brimmed sun hat and no pants walking toward the pool. By the time I parked near the start of the race, I felt prim. Some runners were clothes, but most were in some state of undress. A woman breastfed her child while she checked in. A man waited to run in just sneakers and a Viking helmet. He hung his mask from one of the horns when he wasn't near other people. I saw my friend already stripped down and she fit right in. I gave her an elbow bump and took my shorts off. It didn't feel weird. At all. To prepare for the experience, I tried running completely naked on the treadmill in my basement and determined that going brawless was impractical for me. So I took the Donald Duck approach and wore a hat and sports bra, but no bottoms. <laughs> Just envisioning Donald Duck. I love it. Um, when I checked in, I was handed a race bib and a t-shirt. But then a staffer, naked except for a mask and gloves, wrote my race number with a marker on my leg. Where I was going to pin a bib, I lined up near the start, a body in a sea of 115 bodies, ages 9 through 78, all standing 6 feet apart. The energy felt zippier here than a normal race, almost giddy. While most of the runners were from Pennsylvania, only a handful of members were of the Sunny Rest Resort. That meant almost everyone had traveled to this place, from places as far away as Ohio, Delaware, and West Virginia, for the opportunity to do something unusual. 
Runners were required to wear masks and pick up their packets, and asked to wear them near when near other people. Pretzel City also moved the start and finish area away from the more crowded part of the resort toward the camping sites, so we had more space to spread out. Over a bullhorn, Horn asked us to put our arms straight out by our sides and said, If you are touching someone you are not sleeping with, you are standing too close. After the initial newness of being aware of my butt bouncing around, everything felt pretty much the same as in a closed race. We started at 10.15 a.m. and I'm usually done running by 8 a.m. in the summer, so it was hot. I was grateful for my hat and the sunblock and the anti-chafing foam I applied all over my body. By the first mile, I was coated in sweat. I don't have a shirt to wipe off my face, another runner shouted. The more experienced naked runners had thought to carry little towels. And that is our last perk. I thought that that was so cute and so fun. And if it was near me, maybe I would have done it because who doesn't want to run in the nude? I think that sounds almost like a different experience. Hello. Hello. So if you get the opportunity to safely socially distance and legally run naked, do so. Can I just say a quick thing for that? Um, The fact that this event followed more protocols than... (laughs) I don't even want to say it, but yeah. We know what it followed more protocols than. Than the Republican National Convention. So, I mean, they're doing that. Yes, they're doing they're that. They're doing that. They are fully nude, yet they know to put their gloves and their mask on. So. And also put their arms out so they are space away from people. Yeah, social distance. Social distance, friends. Honey, and then they're being healthy. They're exercising. That's, that's what we love to see. Yes. Yeah, getting their vitamin D. Yes, getting their vitamin D, which I haven't gotten in a while, by the way. <laughs> Hashtag quarantine. You look like a glowing goddess. So thank you. I feel like a beautiful little cinnamon toast, like the cereal. <laughs> yes, that. Yes. I just imagine like a cinnamon toast crunch with like hair. And then like my face. And yes, and then like it's like flowing like a wig. Mm, yes. yes. With it's like the wig. little stick arms and the stick legs. Yes. yes. Alrighty, guys. So that continues my perks. Do you have right. anything that you would like to add? That's it. I think it's time to close our first ever episode. I think it's time to close our first ever episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And also thank you so much if you actually stayed all the way to the end. We do normally have a spotlight organization, but we did mention a lot of different organizations in this episode. So if you could at least support one or two, maybe three or all of them, if you have the means to do so, please do so. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Please look forward to our episode coming on Monday. Uh, You guys got lucky. You get to experience us within a four-day span. Get to experience (laughs) our episode on Monday where we will be interviewing Claire Mortify. We're going to discuss his experience with being trans and also being the wonderful spiritual person that he is as well. And we are Whisper Podcast. Thanks for listening to Whisper Podcast. We're Zach and Dylan, and you can find us at Whisper Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at Whisper underscore podcast. Visit our website and blog at thewhisperpodcast.com. Interested in chatting with us live? Send us a DM at one of the social sites or reach out at whisperwfpodcast at gmail.com with potential interviewee stated in the subject line. Cover art by Dylan Gomez. Editing by Zach Tyler. Music by audionautics.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Love the show? 
Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. We are a completely independent show, and if you'd like to give your support for the show and get a shout out on air with a special gift, you can find us at WhisperPodcast on Patreon.com. Zach and Dylan are not licensed professionals, nor do we claim to be. Podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. If you or a loved one are in need of immediate help, we recommend that you contact a licensed professional or a hotline pertaining to your needs, which can be found on our website under the Help Is Here tab.